No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manouk. I'm your host, Drew Mindell, and for the lot of this losing streak, I've been willing to give the Winnipeg Jets the benefit of the doubt. You play good hockey like we've seen, good sustainable hockey like we've seen, and you deserve, you've earned the benefit of the doubt. Tonight, after how they started the game, after how they played that first period, keeping in mind that they've lost four in a row and you don't want, you want to, you want to stop your slide, I'm not sure I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. They really are using up a lot of that benefit of the doubt in the midst of this slump because you don't want to lose four in a row. It happens. Okay. How do you respond so you don't lose five in a row? And the response that you saw in the first period of today's game, to me, was unacceptable, Dave. You can't come out against a Flyers team that prior to Tuesday had been struggling. Mm-hmm. They won in Florida on Tuesday. You're mm-hmm. the Jets. You're the more desperate of the two hockey teams. You should be the more desperate of the two hockey teams. And that response, the first, basically the game's over after 20 minutes because of how poorly the Jets played. To me, that's getting to be closer to a sign of something is not right in Mudville than something you can keep shoving under the rug and saying everything is fine. Yeah. The, 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 my hand isn't on the panic button, mm-hmm. but the panic button is now within sight and my hand might be hovering in its vicinity. <laughs> Well, I think that's probably a fair place to be, Drew, because, I mean, look, this Jets team was in one goal away, 5-12, whenever Kyle Connor scored that meaningless goal in the third period, yeah. from being shut up from the fourth time in the last eight games. So they're not scoring goals. Their power play has one goal in their last 30 opportunities. Mm-hmm. They did give up a shorthanded goal tonight, so, I mean, that's a bond <laughs> benefit for their special teams. They didn't give up a penalty, a power play goal against, I don't think, but they did give up a uh, shorthanded goal. So, I yes. mean, that's something, I guess, to talk about. But it's it's just not good. And the fact of the matter is, and we, look, a couple things. We didn't expect when the Jets got, quote, healthy, that they, it was all going to come back into place. And suddenly they were going to go from being, like, you know, dealing with injury, and then they got healthy, and then suddenly now they're healthy and and it was all they were just going to take off even more because they, i mean there were signs obviously during this stretch this last little stretch that we've seen that doesn't indicate that it was you know uh that they were playing perfect hockey by any stretch of the imagination but and and obviously Sean Monahan is only playing in his second game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets so we're not putting too much on his shoulders but at the same time i mean you're right Drew the the effort they were a step behind in that first period mm-hmm. And it was over. It was three nothing. Again, as I've, I've said a number of times during this little stretch, 
they we have a feel for this team, as do most folks who are watching this team. And I suspect that most folks after that first period said we could start the illegal curve postgame show because this one's over. There was almost a zero percent chance that they were going to come back in down three nothing the way they've been playing of late. So I think we probably fairly could have saved ourselves and the folks some time by uh, not having to watch periods two and periods three and just started this postgame show at that point. Because, I mean, right now they just don't have it. And and it's it's all, it's strange, right? It's it's so many plays that are just bizarre, like Kyle Connor partial breakaway and passing to Nikolai Ehlers. Mm-hmm. Cole Perfetti on not that, in that last, uh, in the third period, opting to pass rather than to shoot on the net. And I think there was a quote Mike McIntyre had from, I don't remember who this week, whether it was Dylan DeMello or Neil Pionk, I think it was Neil Pionk, just talking about how the Jets needed to shoot and get something at the net. And they're not doing it. They're opting to make these passes. And to me, that's just a critical error. And so, like like I said, it's one thing if you can't score, but at least your defense is staying strong. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Jets defensively aren't. Look, the Flyers are not a good team at home. They were under 500 at, coming into today's game. They were 11, 12, and 2, I believe, at home. So so the fact of the matter is, they're not, you can't expect them to, you, you know, you're thinking, and, and again, from a goal differential perspective, the Jets and the Flyers have scored about the same amount of goals this season. I think about 148, 149, obviously, changed after tonight. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were tonight. basically even coming into tonight's game. Yeah. But the Flyers had given up 37 more goals than the Jets this season yeah. coming into tonight's game. And again, Flyers have played, I think, 51. So they're, they're a couple games ahead of the Jets. But the fact is, the Jets just didn't play like a hungry, desperate team. And and, no and that and, and, and it's inexplicable. I'm sorry. And again, I understand I'm not an NHL head coach. I'm not going to pretend. Well, I, I actually, I often pretend to be one. But <laughs> what I don't understand, and with all due respect to Kyle Connor, who's what played back now seven games, but the, the line that worked for you, the line that was rolling for you, the line that had you so much success was mm-hmm. Velarde, Shifley, and Ehlers. So to me, I don't understand. I understand. The, I think I think Rick Bonus was asked about it, whether you go back to it. You know, this yeah. is when they Mike, were still... Mike asked them, Mike M. McIntyre, well, who's on the road. Mike asked him about asked it yesterday. About, right. But, but I'm saying previously, just the idea. And like, you know, and I can understand that. People are like, oh, well, why would you break it up and they're having success? Well, this, the truth is a couple of reasons. One is that if a guy gets injured, you can't be too reliant on one line so guys don't have any sort of muscle memory playing with anyone else. So if a guy goes down in game 81 or game 82, you're screwed because you know those guys have played together the entirety of the season. So I understand why you would. But to me, during this stretch, when this team is struggling and you need to score, mm-hmm. like, sorry, with all due respect to Alex Ayafala, who doesn't have a goal in his last 10 games, He's not the guy to put up with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor and think this is going to get you a goal. Yeah, but that was a message being sent. So I mean, I what you're talking I under, about, I, under, I understand it's a message to Gabriel Gabriel Velarde because he didn't have a particularly good first period. Well, but and that the, first goal was it looks he looks hundred percent. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it for during the recap. Yeah, but that's not my point. My point is messages are all great, well and good, you know. But you're down three nothing, and you know, at forty minutes to go. And Philadelphia is not the Boston Bruins. They're a good team. They're not a juggernaut. So the truth is, as you said, Drew, before that game against the Flyers, they'd lost five games in a row. So if the Jets come out like they did and Nino Niederreiter scores that goal or they score in the power play 3-1 early in the second, my feeling in that game is probably changing. But Mm -hmm. they don't. Of course, they give up the shorthanded goal. And then at that point, it's, you know, here come the pretzels. But I just, to me, it's inexplicable when you have 
what you know works, go to it. Go to, I don't care about this whole, well, we got to, you know, get, we want to give them a little bit of runway. No, you don't really have time for runway. You know, moral victories are only so good. And again, I'm not with like you, and I'll, I'll let you come back in like you. I don't think this is over. I don't think the jet season is done. I don't think the jets are a wild card team. Like I saw some folks, you know, uh, suggesting on Twitter, but all I would suggest, all I would say is that they needed to do something that's had success that they, that worked well for them. And I could have, to me, that would have been a way to start in the second period, which they didn't choose to do. Yeah, look, there, there's a lot of a lot of concerning parts of tonight's game, and, and and I think it starts with I don't know how you come out flat, and this is something we did say a lot last year, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, look, I will be surprised if they collapse like they did last year. I will, even mm-hmm. watching that game tonight, I don't think that they are as mentally fragile and that's as as fragile a dressing room as it was last year. That's and they're not as fractured either. I don't right, think. not as fractured either. Right. Exactly. The, true. Uh, I, I just don't understand how they come out and look so terrible to start tonight's game. No, that to me is, is, is concerning. It, mm-hmm. It's concerning. I mean, there's no other word to use besides concerning in, in, in response to that. You just can't have to find a way to have a better start to the game. And you're just seeing, and sure to some respect, the puck is not bouncing their way. And we saw it on a couple of Pittsburgh's goals, and we saw it on a few of the goals from the Flyers tonight, the second and the third goals in particular, which we'll talk about coming up in a bit in in the Betway game recap. But nonetheless, the Jets were awful in that first period. You know, they they were just out for a skate. They, they, They had no semblance of what I would describe as a game plan. And that, I mean, they obviously had a game plan, but if you can articulate what they were attempting to do in the few instances when they had the puck on their stick, you're you're smarter than I am. That was saying that you're smarter than me it might not be the greatest, uh, uh, you know, hill to uh, to climb or anything along those lines. But the Jets in that first period just looked like they were out skating around and had no. Th- th- there was just no low to their game and, and Kevin Sawyer talked about the flyers uh and layers mm-hmm. you know uh in the broadcast on the broadcast particularly and in so the does, first period so, so is Fen right here on our there show there you go exactly right just didn't have enough layers it's true you know layers is how you win when it's sort of and that's how the jets were succeeding when it was one group after another after another anytime the jets had possession and they maybe gained the zone well, they often just gave, you know, if they gained the zone with the puck, which didn't happen that often, it was dump and right back out. There was no significant waves to the forecheck for the Jets. Mm-hmm. And we remember earlier, you know, when they were rolling as well as they, they had been, you know, puck would go in deep, but it would go in deep with purpose. So that, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you know, when you had a clean zone entry, you obviously took that clean zone entry and, and you were happy to take it. But even when you didn't have a clean zone entry and you maybe had to put it into the corner, well, you put it into the corner and there were guys who were forechecking so that the other team immediately knew that this is not going to be an easy retrieval and then uh, and then zone exit. That yeah. first period, I mean, the, the Flyers had they, they had no challenge put forth to them. The Jets didn't challenge Philadelphia. They yeah. didn't make it difficult on Philadelphia at all. It would be a dump in. That would be an ineffective dump in. 
And they're like, okay, I'll go retrieve the puck and I'll go transition up the ice. Mm-hmm. There was just no semblance of cohesive approach to the Jets game in the first period. And frankly, the mm-hmm. final 40 minutes of tonight's game really didn't matter. No. Especially once the 4 nothing goal was scored. They, they were really busy. Didn't they, matter. They, they were they were simply me trying to figure out who the celebrity lookalike was, aka Adrian Pimento from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Turns yeah. out to be uh, what's his name again? Sorry, I've got his name here on uh, there you somewhere. Go. I, see, I'm, I was not, I wasn't a Brooklyn Nine Nine guy, so your reference went over my head. Really? Yeah. Scott I, Scott Duarte, who is I think he works for Global, Global News. Yeah. Is, you know, and good for him for making the trip from Pittsburgh to to Philadelphia. You know, uh, for on Tuesday in Pittsburgh and on Thursday got a lot of screen time. Unfortunately, he saw yeah. two pretty lousy games. Uh, at least that's <laughs> finally. At least they finally scored a goal for him and his uh, and 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 the woman that he was sitting with. I don't know if it's his wife. You know, Fian- fiance, his wife. according according to Kelly Moore, I believe. Fiance. Okay, terrific. Uh, congratulations to them. Uh, the happy couple, soon to be betrothed. Hopefully, the Jets haven't uh, ruined the relationship or anything along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, it was just a, a horrendous – it was the worst first period that the Jets, I think, have played this year. Well, I can't and, think of a worst and, first period uh, on a game where they needed to have one of their better first periods given how desperate they should have been. Well, and I was just going to say, what did I say to the last game against Pittsburgh? I said the Jets have not been a good first period team. True. They don't allow a lot of goals against until tonight. Right. But they also don't – like, they don't score. They don't produce a lot. And that's this whole idea of starting on time has been a, a big – sort of negative for the Jets this season. And and that is one of the areas of, I guess, concern because what is it about the Jets approach that doesn't have them ready to go when the puck drops? And that's, I mean, you're getting outshot. They were outshot heavily by by the Flyers. I think it was 13 to three at one point. Yeah. And, what, and what was the most concerning, I thought actually, was when after the Flyers went up two nothing, the Flyers took the next three, four, five shots. Like the Jets didn't, pressure it was there's no like, push. What, how, what is what is it going to be the jets answer to being down to nothing the answer was nothing good like the answer was well we're gonna let the flyers continue to dominate sure there's two teams and again we we talked about it the flyers have played some good hockey against the jets they've played some poor hockey again like i said during that little stretch where they were down uh um five in a row but now it's the jets who are down five in a row right zero four and one in their last five games mm-hmm uh, luckily for them, I think some of the other central teams are, are losing, except for the Wild and the Blues. But uh, look, it, it is a, you know, we'll see if they end up practicing tomorrow. Right now it's scheduled, whether they hold it or not. That's another question. But it, it's not a good formula right now for this team. I mean, teams go through slides. Yeah. You know, they said it on the broadcast, you're not going to win all the games. And nobody's expecting, nobody's expecting the Jets to go 82-0. But I think it's not that Jets fans are expecting the team to be unbeaten during the stretch. It's how they play these games when they lose. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody would, nobody would blink an eye. If the Jets lost this game three, one, and they played their hearts out. Nobody, nobody in the chat would people would be, some people would be upset still, but the reality is folks would understand. You'd say, okay, but you know, when you see that play by Gabriel Velarde, yeah, to get back, you know, Dylan Sandberg pinches, Gabriel right. Velarde gets back. And then he's just standing there. Standing around doesn't take his man. Well, I mean, that that goal doesn't go in if he does his job. Right. And so that to me is that that effort level that you needed to see that was much better that you didn't see. And the so attention that's the detail. When the Jets yeah. are at their best, like most teams in this league, when they're at their best, their attention to detail is on point. 
you know, and, and, you know, I got a text message from my dad. He's like, you know, how could they look so bad, you know, you know, or so good earlier. And now they look this, like this team. And, uh, you know, the, of course the answer is because they're human and everything else. And there's really, you know, these teams in the NHL parody means that your margin of error is not, is not tremendous. Mm-hmm. And so the Winnipeg Jets might be getting a reminder. Now, whether or not they take that reminder to heart is, is something we'll find out in the coming days, weeks, and, and, and months is that the margin for error you know, it is very thin for a lot of these teams, even the teams that are previously in the upper echelon. If they do not have their 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 details right, and yeah. if they don't have their approach to the game proper, it's yeah. going to end up costing them. And that's what yeah. you saw today from a Winnipeg Jets team that just wasn't good. You know, they were way better in Pittsburgh than they were tonight. Yeah, no you, question. No yeah, question. That, and that's what's so disconcerting about it is that you know a lot of the game in Pittsburgh, a lot of the goals the Penguins scored, you know the Jets were probably they they were in a decent position and it was a bad bounce or or you know uh, it deflected off a guy and went right to a Penguin stick, whatever, and that that happens. That sort of you know bleep happens in the course of, uh, of a season. Mm-hmm. Tonight, Philly got the bounces, but the Jets also weren't in position to prevent Philly from taking advantage of those bounces. The Jets played, in my estimation, probably their worst game in three or four months tonight. You can't sugarcoat it. There was nothing that you can build upon uh, in tonight's game from my perspective. Yeah, no, and we'll get into it more in the game recap. I'm just going to say, if right. we're going to drop a Sheldon Minnell reference, we'll give a Gary Manuk reference, because my dad okay. did say before this game, he said it's going to be a five-game losing streak for the Jets. But Jets fans, take heart. He did say the Jets will win against Pittsburgh on Saturday. So if my dad proves to be correct, Saturday we will be uh, having a different sort of uh, atmosphere on the Illegal Curve postgame show. But he did accurately call. uh, He told me this yesterday, actually, but again today, and then when he checked the score, he said, I told you it was going to be a five-game losing streak. So uh, my dad did predict it. Good good one, Dad. But uh, we'll, we'll see if they can get this turned around when they face those Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. There you go. And that'll be obviously the Jets' next attempt to get off the schneid and rest the losing streak Saturday night against the Penguins. Uh, let's get into tonight's game. The goal-by-goal recap is called the Betway Game Recap. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Big betting day upcoming on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. So if you're looking to make a wager, maybe you're a rookie wager placer. That's terrible use of the English language. Forgive me for that. Uh, or maybe you're a grizzled veteran when it comes to placing a bet. Whatever you may be, we do encourage you to use Betway to place that bet. Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Please play responsibly. Uh, we mentioned the Jets did not get off to a good start. Three minutes and 37 seconds into the game. It is just as bad a start as the Jets could ever, uh, unfortunately, have. Tonight, it is uh, Forrester who gets the goal for the Flyers to start it off. And I, uh, Tyson Forrester, sorry, couldn't find his name there for the to, for the second there. Tyson Forrester getting his 10th of the year, assist to Ryan Paling and Noah Cates. 
it's a two-on-two situation, Dave. And it's Gabe Velarde is back on the – He's so they're going uh, – so it would be on the viewer's right is where Velarde is. It's a two-on-two situation. Neil Pionk is also back. He plays it fine, except Velarde just loses Forrester. He's in a decent position. He just stops skating and then just stands in front of the net and covers air. Now, it was a good example of why Gabe Velarde isn't a defenseman regularly. <laughs> but you, everybody knows that you have to tie up your man in that situation. And Gabe Velarde, I'm not sure if it's even puck watching or what he's, you know, thinking, you know, in this in this semblance of events. But it's absolutely awful, and it's an easy goal from an, after a nice pass from Ryan Paling, and it's Forrester makes a one nothing for the Flyers at just a horrendous start for the Winnipeg Jets. As an aside, was it Paling who played in his first game out of college and scored four goals for the Habs? Uh, yes, I think that sounds right. That's going back a number of years ago, yeah. right? Anyways, big yeah. shout out, by the way, to our boy Dan Flannery, a.k.a. Yeah, Philly Dan. Philly Dan. Who we met in Vegas, Ezzy and I, at the... It might not even have been a draft, actually. I think Ezzy and I just took a, a random side no, trip. with a there, was no dra- there was no draft. What draft was in Vegas? No, no, no. But we no. But I'm saying we met Philly Dan in Vegas. I'm saying, and so yes. I was trying to remember why I was there. And then I think Ezzy, we did some Bizarro trip where it was like me, Ezzy, and one of my boys. And uh, and then we met Philly Dan Hart Bar at uh, Mirage. No, not Mirage. Uh, Planet Hollywood. And then we hung out with Dan at the draft. Speaking of yes. drafts, in 2014 in Philadelphia. So shout out Philly Dan. Was watching the show from Philly. Was very happy because he's a big Flyers guy, big Phillies guy, big big all big sports fan, Eagles and. And all the other Philadelphia sports. But Drew, this is a Jets show. We'll talk about that Jets play because it's a terrible play by Gabriel Velarde. There's yeah. no excuse. I mean, you you know that you have to get back. You know that Dylan Sandberg has has pinched. So you it's your responsibility. And which he does, which he gets back. He's in good. He's position. right with them. He just he just just brain farts. It's no, like no, he's short circuited. No, no, he's watching the puck. Oh, he's watching know. the puck, and and it makes no sense because Neil Pionk is there, and I didn't like. I mean, Neil Pionk played it. A little bit unusually because he almost was aggressive and then he backed off. He almost like he second guessed himself and then backed off. So he backed off to to watch Paling and then all of a sudden, Forrester's got like all this room because, like, Velarde just inexplicably is standing there watching mm-hmm. what Paling's doing with the puck. So I mean, to me, it, it's all on Gabriel Velarde. I mean, that's that's just a bad goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not much you can do if you're Laurent Brassois. But, um, you know, that's that to me is all on the Jets forward and it's a bad start. You know, what is it? 322 into the into the first period. And, and you know, again, the Jets have played and come back in games. It's not as if that's um, something that's beyond them. But the truth is the way they are playing right now with a little more fragility, yeah. you're thinking, them. you know, they needed to have a good start. They needed to not necessarily get off to the, like they need to have like a good stop, even if it wasn't going to be a goal or something, but something they could build on or a good sequence and they couldn't do it. And then you give that opportunity up. It's just, it just, it takes a team that's already kind of like holding their sticks a little tight. And look, we went through it. Mike wrote an article about it for the free press. And I went and I looked, cause I was curious before I even read his article in terms of a guys who haven't scored. Nino Niederreiter was yeah. 14 or 15 games. Alex Iafallo, 10 games. Um, Adam Lowry, I think, is 10 games. Mason Appleton actually has three goals in his last 10 games. Nikolai Ehlers has three goals in his last 10 games, but he hasn't had scored. No, sorry. Um, uh, 
Cole Perfetti has three goals in his last 10 games, but he hasn't scored in the last seven. Now it's eight games. So a lot of these guys, the only, I think, in fact, actually the only guy who has, I think, four goals before coming into today's game was Velarde had four goals in his last 10, but the, the team isn't scoring. And again, if you're not scoring, then your defense has to be tight and has to be crisp. Yeah. And it can't be, it can't be sloppy like that. And there's, there's just no excuse for it. You didn't have a heavy day. You had an optional morning skate. And what is, what is, what is Rick Bonus's big commentary? If you're not going to skate in the optional, that's your prerogative, but be ready to go when the puck drops. And this team, that line specifically, mm-hmm. sorry, that wasn't, that wasn't a line that was saying to me, we're ready to go because that was just a play that shouldn't have ended up in the back of your net. And it puts you behind the eight ball. And and in a in a bad position, and you know Philly's got a good crowd, so they're pumped up and they're getting excited. Yeah, terrible start for the Winnipeg Jets, and it gets worse uh, at the fourteen oh three mark of that first period, or first period which was just a catastrophe for the Jets. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Konechny getting his twenty fourth of the year. He's a hell of a hockey player, folks. Yeah, there's uh, a reason Morgan, why Jets fans were begging for him to be traded for. Yeah, that's right. And they, they're I, I'm not sure why they would trade him, but uh, you know, I guess stranger things have happened. But I think that's more uh, you know making noise than anything in reality. Uh, Morgan mm-hmm. Frost and, and and Sean Walker to talk about a guy who's also on the trade block uh mm-hmm. sean walker uh getting the assist on this one and now this one is a it, it, look when things are going bad they often go bad and bad bounces happen and this is definitely one that constitutes a bad bounce there's this is a nothing play where the puck just happens to bounce around and then you know travis connectney scores but mm-hmm. he really scores by shooting it off of neil pionk's chest and past lauren Prassois. You know, so the the shot is from Walker, and the Jets player gets his stick on it. And Logan Monahan. Stan, say that again. I think it was Monahan who it was. It went off Monahan to um to um Konechny, and then he puts it in off of uh, Pionk. Pionk. Right. You're right. That's exactly right. So, but the, you know, the, the shot from Scott, from Walker, not Scott Walker, Sean Walker, the <laughs> shot uh, is bouncing all around and yeah. Logan Stanley is in, is in position and the puck just sort of bounces over his stick. Now, would you like to see Stanley maybe play it a little bit different in terms of using his body rather than a stick to knock down a bouncing puck? Maybe I'm not going to blame mm-hmm. Logan Stanley on this one. And then you're right. Then it goes off for Sean Monahan right onto the stick of Travis Konechny. You know, does Konechny turn fire and, and you know and and pick a corner? No, he you know pinballs it in off of Neil Pionk. I mean, the Jets aren't in terrible position here i would say you know they you know they're they're clogging the front it's just that the puck is bouncing in a manner that is not favorable and then the flyers get the lucky deflection off of pionk but none you know no matter you make your own luck because it's not like the jets had been outplaying philly to this point or it's not like Mm -hmm. the jets had responded after the forester goal and were taking the play to philadelphia it right. felt like Philly was about to get another goal. Now it's not a pretty goal, but Philly deserves it because they were, I mean, 13 to four were the shots in the, in the first period. And I think two of those shots for the, that you, you, you mentioned uh, in the tweet, Dave, on our Twitter yeah. feed at illegal curve, two of the jets, four shots in the first period came with about 20 seconds to go in the period. So the shots at this point in time are heavily one-sided. So Philly gets their just desserts and gets a two nothing lead as a result. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 an unfortunate situation if you're the Jets. The other thing also, if you're Cole Perfetti, you need to, to block that shot, right? I mean, that's part of, if you're going to go for the block, you need to be a little more effective at the block shot because, mm-hmm. you know, it gets, I, I mean, it's not all on him. 
right? But but unfortunately, his inability to block it leads to a series of unfortunate bounces that end up in the back of the net. I'm not going to blame Laurent Brassois on that one because, no. again, it's just unfortunate the way the cookie crumbled in that regard, Drew. So, yeah, I mean, and you went through it, so I'm not going to go through that goal again. But it's it's an unfortunate circumstance. But again, if you're the Jets, you're yeah. thinking, okay, that one, the first one is bad defense by, you know, one, one player that's, you're not going to throw the whole team out because of one play by one player. Right. Okay. Second one. Now you're like, okay, we're down to nothing. 10 minutes, you know, what is it, 11 minutes later? So it, would all, it was a one, nothing game for a while, but the fact that, and also remember the Drew, the Jets also took penalties, which they really shouldn't be doing at this point. And again, that's getting out of their system, right? We're talking about one of the least penalized teams in the NHL for, for a large stretch of this season. And now they're taking more and more penalties. And while the pay, PK has been better, you don't need to be giving teams advantages when, especially when your five-on-five five play has been good. Then we looked at that Pittsburgh game, right, Drew? Yeah. Pittsburgh game five-on-five five play for the Jets was good. Was definitely- not sitting there going, their five-on-five five play was terrible two games, right. two days ago. Right. So, so the fact is you just cannot afford, not only can you not afford to do it, but you also take the whole team out of the rhythm. Right, like you, you get these penalties, and now suddenly the lines are thrown off. Guys are missing shifts. It's just, it's just not, you know. And and again, the play by Nemestnikov, the high stick, that's just casual. And he's a veteran player, and we're usually lauding the plays by Vlad Nemestnikov. But I'm just saying, like those are the kind of things that, when you're in this kind of stretch, seem to happen to teams that are kind of in it. And and that's again, to me, that's just something you need to tighten up and clean up because it just puts your team behind it. So the Jets, again, didn't get anything going. The Flyers were able to build momentum uh, and score that goal. And now the question for me, and I mentioned this in our little bit of a preamble, Mm -hmm. but to me was the question of how are the Jets going to respond? How are the Jets going to turn a 2-0 deficit? What would be their response to it? Knowing where they are in the kind of at the end of this little road trip at the, at the idea of this little stretch, because they weren't playing particularly well before the, the breaks, the player break and the all-star break. So what were they going to do? And, and again, that to me was, you know, how are you going to respond? And again, they didn't, they didn't have a shot for three or four minutes yeah. because it was, it was 11, I think it was 11 to three or something like that. I think they, I think they ended up, they had originally it was 11, five, I think after one, they took away, they must have taken away one of the jet shots. So even though I said there were a flurry of two, Drew, turned out there was just one. So <laughs> but but regardless, I mean you wanted, you. To, you wanted to see when it was two nothing for the Flyers. How would the Jets kind of right. how would they respond? Because it, you, you know, like I said, you could justify it on the bench thing. Okay, well, that was a fluky goal. You know, we're still in this hockey game. But then you don't get any you don't have any bite, you don't have any yeah. pushback. None. And it's the flyers who are coming at you. You'd expect again that you'd be able to answer and and push. And you know, we always hear, oh, well, they're both two NHL teams out there, and they want to, you know, one team can in, can kind of can't always push their their value onto the other team. Well, we didn't see the Jets pushing back, and so instead, it was the Flyers after scoring to make it two nothing, continuing to push, and they obviously score that third goal. Yeah, they make it 3 nothing. Morgan Frost, his eighth of the year, assists to Owen Tippett and Travis Konechny. That comes at the 18.06 mark. So four minutes and three seconds after they make it 2 nothing. right when the Jets are you know trying to maybe say, okay, let's, let's get out of this first period. Let's get out of here and maybe we can recalibrate and we're only down 2 nothing to start the second. 
Well, no, you're now down 3 nothing, and it's game over. And, I mean, it's just an inexcusable sequence of events here, uh, again, for the Winnipeg Jets. And it's not another pretty goal. It's not another one that's uh, you know, going to go on any highlight reels. It's not going to be you know uh, uh, featured on SportsCenter or anything along those lines. But Philly is going to the right places to get rewarded. They're going to the front of the net. That's where you go to get rewarded. I thought the Jets were far too perimeter-based for a lot of this game. And, I mean, again, everything that happened after the first period was relatively meaningless. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you you know, Kyle Connor scored, and you like that there's not, you're not getting shut out again. But, again, it's, 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 it's relatively meaningless after you're down 3 nothing. You haven't been able to score any goals as of late. Your offense is, is as dried up uh, you know, as typically our skin is in, in a Winnipeg winter, not this winter. It's been very it's been more, uh, there's been more moisture in the air than we're typically used to. But it's three nothing for the Flyers after 20 minutes. And you know Philly, John Tortorella, whatever you think of him, and I don't think a lot about him, uh, or think of a lot of him uh, off the ice, behind the bench, he's a pretty damn good head coach. He's got, he'll have Philly playing exactly how they want to play for the rest of the game now that you're up 3 nothing against a weakened opponent. And I say weakened in the sense that the Jets are fragile because you saw the fragility on display uh, in, in, in tonight's contest. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're absolutely right, Drew. And I think, again, it goes down to watch that play. The guys are... They're just out of sync. Yeah. Morgan Barron and Nate Schmidt are on one guy. Logan Stanley is behind the net. The Flyers are loaded on the other side. So the Jets have, like, it's completely overbalanced. And when the puck slides that way, well, guess what? The Jets are in trouble because there's three of the Jets on the left side and all the Flyers are going to the right. So, um, yeah, they put it into the back of the net. And, and again, you're just, your your team doesn't show strength it doesn't show that it has a structure it shows that it's chaotic and that's the problem right so you again you didn't you didn't push back when you're down to nothing in fact you allowed the flyers to continue to push you down and now it's a three nothing lead and at this point with the way they were playing for the most part and i know i talked about the fact that it had Nita rider scored it may have made a difference right but based on what we had seen through 20 minutes it felt fairly i felt fairly confident in saying that we could probably have started the Leo Kirpos game show and not had to watch the last 40 minutes. I would agree with you. We say good evening to everyone. Welcome to the Illegal Curve post game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk with you on this Thursday night talking about the Jets dropping their fifth straight game 4-1 tonight in the city of brotherly love. They lose that by that margin to the Philadelphia Flyers. If you haven't already done so, please uh, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's where we do this show after each and every Jets game. And again, on Saturday mornings, we'll be back Saturday, 9 a.m. to get you set up for the Jets and the Penguins 15 years of the illegal curve hockey show plus one week so we made it to that all important one week after 15 years Uh, and of course Saturday night the illegal curve post game show Dave and Ezzy will drive that bus for you Uh, Bell Media can't cancel us Drew no can't cancel us exactly although tomorrow is the three-year anniversary we'll talk about that probably after the break three-year anniversary of when TSN 1290 went pa-pow yes uh, and of course, uh, our thoughts are with everybody that uh, fell victim again today to uh, the yeah. bean counters and the ghouls at Bell Media, uh, who really have no well. As long as the shareholder prices, shareholders, have you seen the compensation for the CEO? I love how someone was suggesting that the CEO compensation. Oh, he doesn't get as much as this, this, and this. It's like, 
yeah anyways it's a joke yeah, no, his a joke. job is his job is to do is to be as is to be you know is to be cold-hearted that's his job unfortunately that's the reality of the situation is that it's, that's his job and guess what he's very good at his job as we saw again today uh with more horrendous cuts to uh, right across this country of ours but uh Anyways, that's a separate issue for another day in time. Uh, three nothing for Philly, and you know it's, it's sort of hard to come up with a, a a better goal to exemplify the Winnipeg Jets' struggles <laughs> uh, than the fourth one that the Flyers scored. So it's early in the second period. Uh, Travis Konechny is in the box for hooking. The Jets are down three nothing. You know, maybe the Jets power play, Sean Monahan, Mr. Bumper himself, maybe something good will come of that. And it'll maybe be a 3-1 game early in the second period. And if it's 3-1, well, you know, anything can happen at that point. Instead, what do we have here? The Jets win the face-off. We know how important face-offs are. And mm-hmm. then it's Keystone Cops moment uh, where... I mean, it's just about as ugly as you can get on this one where the Jets just really, you know, run into each other. Morrissey and Connor in Mm -hmm. trying to decide who's going to retrieve the win uh, on the faceoff draw just have terrible communication with one another. And, you know, Ryan Poling comes in and he gets the puck and it's a it's a two on two situation. Uh, and he uses the he uses, I believe it was Morrissey as a screen and he mm-hmm. just wires it past Lauren Poissois. I mean, the Jets should have been able to gather possession uh, off the clean face off win. They should have been able to set up their power play in the Flyers zone. They should yeah. have been able to establish zone time, whether or not that would have resulted in a goal that's separate. We don't know. We'll never know. Instead, what happens is. You know, Connor and Morrissey just don't communicate well, and Philly takes advantage. And then, you know, Paling, you know, like you said, he knows how to score goals. Uh, you know, he's, you know, he's done it. He's an NHL player. You know, he's not a top six NHL player, but he's a guy who's got some skill and who's got some speed. And if he ever could stay some stay healthy, he'd be a good contributor. Uh, and in this case, he just takes the puck and, you know, he uses the Jets uh, defender as a screen and he's got a good shot and he beats Lauren Persuade and it's 4 nothing at this point in time. And it's gone from bad to worse to catastrophe for the Winnipeg Jets. Right now I'm arguing with JB as to whether it was a drop pass or a cross ice pass on the Kyle Connor one. He says drop pass. I say I thought it was a cross ice, regardless of what it was. It was, uh, we'll talk about that when we get to that, Drew. But getting back to your point, I mean, yes, this is not, this is, first of all, it, you're, I think the way you've outlined it is right. It was a comedy of errors. It was a number, it was a lack of communication, right? With the uncertainty there. And that's, like I said, I think there was a lot of uncertainty throughout this game. So you have that play, but really even on that chance, I mean, there, there's no reason that should be Lauren Brassois. Now it was shot through, it was shot, it's shot through, through a screen. It's, it's tough it's shot for a goalie through, to pick shot, it up. I know I was going to say yeah. shot through a screen. So, so, and I'm sure that's what he would say is that it was, you know, it's a hard one to, to save, but that's, that's really where you, you need the, you need that save because Nino Nino Ryder had created an, an, an opportunity. Obviously they shortly thereafter, they, they got the power play, uh, which of course was ended up being a shorthanded goal, but that was their, their chance really to get back into this hockey game. Right. And, and once like, once it's four, nothing, you know, that game's over. The Jets are not coming back from that game. And, the unfortunate part for the Jets was they controlled the play in the second period, right? There, that was the only goal that, sorry, that was the only shot 
which is bad enough. But that was the only shot that um, the Flyers got for the majority of that yeah. second period. The 15, shots were three either. 15 3 were the shots in the second Sure, period. but it, for, for a significant portion of it, I think more than half, it was like seven to one. So the one yeah. shot against ends up being a shorthanded goal, which sealed the deal. I mean, again, I felt it was pretty much over at three nothing, but I could have been, you know, argued with that a three one goal early in the second changes the the way that game ends up looking. But when it's four nothing and with the way the Jets are playing, they're not coming back from that game. They're just they're not, not coming back from that game. So so at that point, you're like, well, are you looking for something are you looking for some sort of you know um positive you can build on but it's hard too right like these are all such hollow things like you could say well they outshot them 15 to 3 in the second period uh, who on. cares who cares yeah, come on i mean you know at that point philly's up for nothing like they're they're and they still and they still had some chances let's not forget yeah. you Look, know philly, and in fact in fact it drew they had that one chance that slid Kind of very close, right past the post, just, close just to the post, trickling past Swap. the post. So, yeah, uh, it was it was not uh, anything that you're going to sort of take a, a hollow victory and say, well, you know, I mean, we had because to me, if that was the case, if if that was the case, I'd say, okay, fine, you dominated the second, but you're outscored for you know you you out get outscored one nothing. How did you react in the third? Well, you reacted in the third by really Philadelphia coming out and out shooting you four to three. You know, and then ultimately the Jets poured it on because Philadelphia really sat back because they have no reason to to push at that point. But at the same time, like the the, the Flyers came out harder than the Jets in the third period, right, Drew? So I, I don't want to get ahead of your third period analysis. Maybe there's something left in the second period you want to talk about. My but, third period, uh, my my third period analysis mostly has to do with the fact with the the decision by Kyle Connor to uh, you know to 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 pass it to off to Nikolai Ehlers rather than uh, shoot in that situation. I mean, I understand what he was trying to do as cuz you know Ehlers is there as the trailer and he's coming with a head of speed and he's coming downhill and and I sort of understand the thought process but that's not the time nor the place. Yeah. You know, Especially in, not in that instance thought. where the Jets are where the, you you need to you're Kyle Connor you need to find a you need to get a shot off in that in that situation. You need to just simplify the game is where the Jets need to be thinking. That's mm-hmm. the, that needs to be their mindset. They're not you know the way they're playing as of late uh, anything highlight reel shouldn't be in their thinking because they haven't been able to produce a simple pass for the most part, never mind a highlight reel sequence of passes or anything along those lines. It, they need to simplify their game. And then once you simplify their game, once mm-hmm. they, they they sort of capture that yeah. and get back to the nuts and bolts of their effectiveness that is when they can begin to build on that. And then you get into some of the, you know, you know, the, the crispness and some of the exciting plays that we've seen. Look, before you can run, you have to walk. The Jets right now are back in the crawling stage, which means mm-hmm. their first step has to be walking, which means simplifying things. Shots on net, traffic in front, you know, bodies in front nothing fancy right now it does need to be as simple as it can get for the winnipeg jets because right now nothing is easy for the winnipeg jets well andrew i just wanted to just jump on board with that thought process because again we saw that with whether it was ehlers doing the drop pass when he had a chance kyle connor the same i'll go with jb's assessment that it was a drop pass so there you go another drop pass that was unnecessary and cole perfetti 
passing up a shot. I mean, what it was right after the Jets had scored. So I, again, I don't think the Jets are going to come back in that hockey game. But you could have built a little momentum. You could have had something. You could some something that you could say tomorrow or Saturday when they next speak is like, okay, well, you know, we didn't have a great blah blah, blah but at least you know we, we ended the period the game in a, in some sort of fashion. But there was just it was just too again, and don't believe me, right? Like I said, go back and read Mike's article with Neil Pionk, where he basically said we're 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 opting to take these passes that we're not we're not going for for the greasy shots. Mm-hmm. And Adam Lowry had some chances. He had a chance shorthanded. He had a chance, you know, five on five. So there were some opportunities created. But it's it's just too little too late. And you cannot, what this game comes down to and what a lot of these games of late have come down to is the Jets have not started the game on time. And because of that, they're behind. And generally when the Jets can sometimes, you know, it's kind of like when you know you're a good athlete, you can cheat at things. So, you know, there, there's certain, okay, fine. You know, Hey, I'm not going to be, you know, ready to go right when the, the puck drops, but you know, I'm so good. I'll get, I'll still score three or four goals right now. The jets aren't like that. They need to be ready to go when the puck drops. So, uh, you know, again, that's, it's just too little, too late. The Kyle Connor goal. It's nothing really to, I don't even think we need to discuss it. If, unless you want to give it the Seagram shot of the game, but <laughs> yeah, I was going to give it to the paling goal. So, you know, cause I thought that was actually uh, one of the better shots uh, uh, of the game in terms of, uh, you know, at least, at least, of all the goals that were scored tonight, that one at least looked like it had an NHL. Actually, hold on. Shot. Uh, although I will, I want reading the comments, Drew. I mean, Neil Pionk's fight in the first period. Sure. Although that I was going to say the shot the, of the game. Uh, that could be the that could be the shot this of the game. Of the although, game. But I was going to say the only thing is Neil Pionk has to realize Jets only have six defensemen right now, and they don't have room to call up a a seventh. So he can't afford with two more games for Brendan Dillon. We'll of course talk about the Dillon suspension, but yeah. uh, with two more games for Brendan Dillon. Uh, Neil Pionk can ill afford to be injured. Although I guess if he's injured, you can call it Billy Hanola. Nonetheless, that'll be our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, if you're like me or no one would excuse you, no one would fault you for needing to have one of the great Seagram's, Seagram's products to enjoy a lot of that Winnipeg Jets-Philadelphia Flyers game tonight. Perhaps your choice was Seagram's VO, which, as we all know, was masterfully blended and distinctly Canadian. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post game show the jets get off the schneid they don't get shut out again kyle connor gets his 19th of the year i guess he also gets off the schneid finally getting a goal that isn't an empty net goal since returning from injury uh kyle connor his 19th assist to mark shafley and josh morrissey showed some good patience on this one showed some good uh you know some good uh skills and silky hands that we know that he has but ultimately far too little far too late Uh, as the Jets drop a very listless and disappointing 4-1 decision uh, to the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. The Jets return home to face the Penguins on Saturday night, looking to get back into the win column as the losing streak has now reached five games, the longest of the season, and something that the Jets will certainly try to arrest in uh, about uh, 48 hours' time. We'll know if they were successful or not when we come back on the illegal curve post game show we talk more about tonight's game 
I have some thoughts about the Brendan Dillon suspension, plus Tough Duck hardest hitting comments still to come. It's the Illegal Curve post game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you on a Thursday night. Don't go anywhere. We are live on our YouTube channel. This Valentine's Day, heart-shaped pizzas are back at Boston Pizza. On February 14th, share your favorite delicious Boston pizza with the ones you love. Your locally owned Boston Pizza will donate $1 from every heart-shaped pizza sold to the Travis Price Children's Heart Center and the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. To order, call 925-4111. This Valentine's, share the love with a heart-shaped pizza from Boston Pizza. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories or discovering the mute button on ezzy picture this a secret weapon for parking where you can book a spot a whole month in advance tell me more drew pre-book your parking at really low rates or maybe even for free if you use the code illegal curve <laughs> free what is this sorcery the grid park app it's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking and to sweeten the deal even more. I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni. Tell me about it. Just download grid park G R Y D park and use the code illegal curve. All one word to park for free. The game can change ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you can be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 
bottom of the hour. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you. Saturday morning, 9 a.m. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show will get you started. Get your game day started. The Jets and the Penguins will do a deep dive into what ails the Winnipeg Jets. J.P. Vijay, good friend of ours. He's going to join the program. We'll talk to J.P. about Former Atlanta Thrasher, Drew. Yes, yes, I'm sure that's something that he puts right on front and center on his business card. Hey, he does wear he does wear an Atlanta Thrasher's hat when he's at uh, I mean helmet, sorry, when he's skating. So, well, there you go. You know, <laughs> anyways, JP is going to join us on Saturday morning show, and Seth Rorabaugh, who of course a uh, good friend of ours as well, has been covering the Pittsburgh Penguins for many a year. Uh, he's going to join us on Saturday too. So it's going to be a Jets heavy show as it is oftentimes on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. So mm-hmm. be sure to join us 9 a.m. on Saturday and we'll talk about the Winnipeg Jets. And then, of course, after the game, we'll talk more about the Jets, the Jets and the Penguins Saturday night post game show right around 845 or so as well. Uh, Brendan Dillon will, of course, not be in the Winnipeg Jets lineup. He missed the tonight's game, the first of his three game suspension for leveling a hit, a hit that deserved to be penalized and mm-hmm. probably deserved a suspension. I would say a one game suspension in my estimation, maybe two if you want to pretend you're going to be hard on uh, on headshots. Yeah. But- it resulted in a concussion. Yeah, it resulted in a concussion, and we hope that Noel uh, Noel Chari gets you know back to health very yeah. soon. Look, th- this is not. If this is you know, it doesn't deserve three games because far more egregious plays mm-hmm. have not been punished with any games, or have been punished with one game. So, so before Drew, is... I know you're. I knew you're about to rant. And I yeah. want to hear your rant, and I'm here for your rant. Okay. I'm not stopping the rant. So get keep yes. that keep that avalanche going. Okay. But before you do, let's include the chat in here, and let's sure. see what most folks just ask the folks. What did you feel would have been a fair punishment for the Dylan hit? You can say nothing. You can say a fine. You can say a suspension. Yeah. So before Drew got going, I want to hear what you all have to say. I'll throw it up here while Drew is ranting. Continue. You know, and maybe I won't rant. I'm trying to, you know, keep my cool. I got to keep my powder dry. Can't go. I can't blow my top uh, on on each and every one of these. But okay. there is no rhyme nor reason for why Brendan Dillon deserves three games in with this hit. If you compare his hit, yeah, which got three games, to the hit that Brendan Gallagher leveled a couple weeks ago, that mm-hmm. got him five games. Yeah. You cannot tell me that Brendan Dillon's hit was only what, what was two games worse than than Brendan Gallagher's. Mm-hmm. Gallagher's hit was predatory, malicious, violent, and vile. He tried to injure his opponent. Yeah, I do not believe that Brendan Dillon's hit was any of those things. I do not believe that Brendan Dillon had any malice in his heart in attempting, you know, to, in his attempt at hitting Noel Achari. Did Mm -hmm. the hit result in an injury? Yes. Is that a unfortunate byproduct at times of a physical fast game? Yes. But did Brendan Dillon stick out his elbow, you know, on an unsuspecting player? No, he didn't. 
Right. Did Brendan Dillon stick out his knee on an unsuspecting player? No, he didn't. Brendan Dillon is a lot bigger than Noel Achari, and he missed the target when he was trying to level a clean body check. Deserving of punishment? No question. Deserving of suspension? If you want to give him one game for that, fine. Mm -hmm. But to give him three games or say that his offense is two Mm -hmm. games less harmful than Brendan Gallagher's clear attempt at injuring an opponent, to me, is absolutely asinine. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason, and I truly do believe this, and I'm not typically a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. Go on. But I truly do believe that the NHL Department of Player Safety, an oxymoron if there ever was one, knows that they can throw the book and pretend to be hard on punishing players. They can harder on players on small market teams, such as the Winnipeg Jets, than they will be on teams that have more media coverage. Okay. You can punish a Winnipeg Jets player. It's no big deal. You know, it's not going to stir that much. I can guarantee you that if Brendan Dillon played for the New York Rangers and leveled that same hit, Mm -hmm. the punishment would not have been three games because Larry Brooks, who is a great journalist and a great columnist for the Mm -hmm. New York Post, would have called out the BS and would have made a big stink about it. Now in Winnipeg, I'm not saying that we're not making a stink about it. Mike McIntyre wrote a column about it in today's free press. But it's Scotty B for the sun. Scotty Billick for the sun. But with all due respect to our friends and us included, when we say things in Winnipeg, they have a far less significant ripple than they do. I know, I know, I know. They have a far less significant ripple than they do when Larry Brooks writes about it or Mm -hmm. when the Montreal Canadiens media write about it or the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs media write about it or the Chicago Blackhawks or the Boston Bruins. I can keep going on and on here. Brendan Dillon got punished for the by because the NHL tried to make an example of somebody who can they can make an example of they. Mm -hmm chose to pussyfoot around Brendan Gallagher because yeah. they know that had they got come down harsh on him, somebody would have made a stink about it that they w- and would have been a multiple day story. Sure. That's the NHL and George Peros and the Department of Player Safety. They all they're you know what they are? They're bullies in some regards to players who play on small market teams. So that is my rant on this topic. It's garbage, it's nonsense and that in a nutshell, should not be a surprise when anybody looks at the NHL Department of Player Safety. Well, I don't think I'm going to try and uh, top that bad boy uh, speech. I would just say this. If you're the NHL, and let's say you don't like the Brendan Dillon hit. I mean, look, I'm of the generation where I still love hitting in hockey, and I don't like when a good hit has to be answered with a fight because back in the day, you just hit a guy. And, you know, you knew that, like, like, I don't want to go all Don Cherry on this, but like, when do we become this soft society where you can't hit? And sure, there's consequences. If you mishit someone, 
you get suspended. So that's fine. Like I, I have no problems with that. If that's, again, that's a consequence. You know, Brent, do I think Brendan Dillon tried to to take like Brendan Dillon has one suspension his entire career seven years ago when he right. got a slashing penalty coincidentally on a Manitoban Madison Bowie uh, when he was playing for the Sharks and Bowie was with the with the uh, Capitals. So seven years ago he got one uh, suspension which can't even be used against him. He's not considered a repeat offender because it hasn't happened in the last 18 months. But if you want to get rid of it from the game, that's fine. But Drew, I watched Jason Zucker. And don't get me wrong, Nick Cousins deserved the hit that Jason Zucker threw on him. Yeah. Like, I don't have a problem with it because I I thought the way Cousins plays the game is deserving of, you know, I I liked what Zucker did standing up for his teammate. But you're going to tell me Jason Zucker, who got suspended for drilling Nick Cousins predatorially going like making like making a beeline for him a guy who's up against the glass completely vulnerable and he smokes him that was three games so again explain to me look like the reality for me is give him if you give him five if you give him six if you give him ten then then that okay you're like okay then that's fine and then and you everyone heard me on the show two days ago when, after we, we discussed it when it was relatively fresh. And I said, would, could I see it not being a suspension? Yeah. But most likely I anticipate that it'll be one or two games, right. About two games would be the maximum. But like, if you're going to tell me, and if you didn't see it, I tweeted it out uh, yesterday or the day before on IC Dave. But like, if you look at that Jason Zucker hit or Zucker, but if you look at that, that, that hit on Nick cousins, and then you look at the Brendan Dillon hit and you compare those two and you say those two hits both merited a three game suspension. That's the disconnect in the NHL. So it's again, nobody, again, I don't have a problem with the department of player safety suspending players for things they don't like. If there's again, a consistent message, which there isn't, and you're never going to get examples where you could say, well, this is the exact same thing as this, you know, like, but but you can start this. Here's a good barometer. mm -hmm. Is it a hockey play? Is it a hockey play yeah, going I mean, wrong? Look, like to me, to me, Brendan, Brendan Dillon's, Brendan they're Dillon's sealing him along the wall. I mean, he's got it. Like, what's, he, what's he supposed to do? Not try and hit him? Is he supposed to, you know what? Oh, he's, he's, he's a small, he's six inches shorter than I am. So I'm going to back off and, and because I don't want to inadvertently hit him. Like again, did he target? He, to me, Brendan Dillon tried to target him in the shoulder. And, yeah. and again, you got a guy who's, who's shorter than the players hitting him. Who's already skates hunched down. So, you know, it's at a, Dylan's at a disadvantage in the sense that trying to, trying to hit him is going to be tougher, but what's he supposed to do? I mean, if he doesn't hit him, are we even playing hockey here anymore? Like, is this hockey? It's not, it's, it's like, again, you, you're changing the rules. The rule is you're allowed to hit a guy. So Brendan Dylan goes for hit again. If you want to rule the hit a suspendable, I'm okay with that. I don't really care. I mean, again, within reason, but for me to look at the Zucker hit or Zucker, and compare it to the Dylan hit and say both those hits got three games. Right. Again, don't look at Gallagher and say five games because again, you're right. That's that's egregious. Should have gotten more than five. But that's that to me is is where this this department of player safety becomes a joke because you look at that and you go, okay, well, here's a guy who took, I don't know, 15 glides and hit a guy into the boards completely from behind versus right in the numbers into the glass versus a guy who is trying to make a hockey play. And you gave them both the same suspension. That to yeah. me is a joke. 
start exactly what I was saying there, and I agree with you. Start with this question. Was there a hockey play being attempted? On Brendan Dillon's case, there was a hockey play being attempted. On Brendan Gallagher's play, there was no hockey play being attempted. Start with that and then work your way backwards to figuring out what's appropriate in terms of a suspension. But to no one's surprise, the NHL Department of Player Safety continues to reek of incompetence. Let's wrap up tonight's post-game show. Whoa, whoa, Beep. Beep. Sorry. Beep. You're wrapping it up. We didn't even get to do a dumb media rant, Drew. Come on. I, you know what? It's not a rant against, actually, you know what? I actually, it's not a rant against Bell Media. It's more a, you know, remember back in the day it used to be beef and bouquet? Well, this is a bouquet. This is about how yeah. three years. Cheers doing, and jeers. Cheers and jeers. That, that was, that was an IC, an old IC thing. But uh, yeah. actually, no, that was the, um, that was the Wednesday night show, wasn't it? Cheers no, and jeers. It was, it was on the Saturday the, show. Oh, no, you're right. I, you're right. I remember yeah. you say, come, come with your cheers and jeers. And oftentimes, Ezzy and I would not have cheers or jeers. No, but neither we would just end I, up jeering you and then it would be fine. Yeah, that's usually how it, exactly how it went, to be honest. But I, what I was going to say is it's not about it's not about the negative about Bell Media because who cares? And we just hope that everyone is able to bounce uh, back and, and figure out some sort of new sort of um, identity as yeah. we did. But I just, again, like I said, it's a testament to uh, this format, which I love so much. And uh, it makes doing this show, you know, fantastic each and every time we do it. So, uh, you know, again, like I said, I'm not, I'm not really, I just think it's, you know, shitty by them by for doing it. I didn't even know it was that Bell Let's Talk or whatever they call it, because I either I thought I muted it or maybe they just didn't do it. But no, I didn't they even downplayed re- it because they knew that they were going to fire people to a week and a half later. Yeah, but regardless, uh, you know, I just think it's hilarious that they do that to, to gain s- sympathy. And then two weeks later, they just do a big dump. So hope uh, for the best for all those who are going to be let go. I don't think there's anybody in Winnipeg, but uh, probably nobody left in Winnipeg under the Bell Branch. But uh, regardless, uh, you know, like I said, use this as a positive, focus on the positive, which is a big thanks to all of you who uh, join us each and every Saturday and after every Jets game smash that like button and make sure you're subscribing. Cause I was going to say we had a big jump in our subscribers. We're almost at 6,000. So let's get us there sooner rather than later. And uh, with all of your help, we will. So keep it, uh, keep it here at a legal curve and we'll keep that content coming. And if, again, if we're not on drew legalcurve.com has all your latest jets and moose news. You bet it does. The top duck Hardison comment. Big thanks to our friends at Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, we're going to give tonight's Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment to Dark Moon. Not sure if Dark Moon has won before, but we see Dark Moon chatting regularly. Dark Moon, Dark Moon definitely won a jersey at some point, Drew. Okay, or well, Dark Moon's going to win... Dark Moon's going to win a Tough Duck Tuke tonight. This team, the Jets, have too much talent to be lacking uh, the way they, the, sorry, to be playing the way they are. It's humiliating and embarrassing at times. They really shouldn't be playing this bad with the team that they have. And I can't disagree. It's been a struggle for the Winnipeg Jets as of late, as Dark Moon articulated so very well in his or her, I'm not sure, their comment. In any event, Dark Moon, congratulations. Send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com or slide into my DMs on Twitter at ICDrew. And our friends at Tough Duck will hook you up with a toque, a toque that you will need. Uh, right now, given I believe it's <laughs> currently both raining, uh, hailing, 
yeah. you know, snowing. It's all sorts of different weather uh, happening outside. It's a wintry mix, as they like to say. So unfortunately, uh, we might have to pull out the shovels or at least the scrapers to get your windshields clean. But Dark Moon will have a tough duck toque in order to keep his noggin warm. Big thanks to Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Big thanks to all of our sponsors, because they make this show, the Saturday show, the website a possibility. That's our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. Grid Park, where you can use code Illegal Curve to park for free. Download the Grid Park app. Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and Farmery Beer, home of Illegal Curve Lager. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Jets lose tonight, 5-1. Reminder, Saturday morning, Illegal Curve Hockey, 9 a.m. Pardon me, 4-1. Saturday evening. After the Jets and the Penguins, the Illegal Curve post-game show, back here on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us feedback. Preferably, we uh, positive variety, but even if you have constructive criticism, we will take that as well. No, Dave's saying no constructive criticism whatsoever. Regardless, leave us that feedback. We want to hear what you have to say about this program just good vibes Drew. just good vibes good vibes also tell your friends tell your family the best place to be after each and every winnipeg jets game and again on saturday mornings is the illegal curve hockey show big thanks to all of you in the chat for doing a great job in keeping the conversation flowing big thanks to my colleague dave manuk for joining me tonight on the illegal curve post game show i am your host drew mandel until saturday morning 9 a.m we wish you good night and good luck And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.